Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Now back to Matt Spiegel with Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score and on the Marquee Sports Network. The 2-2. Bounce to short, charging as Swanson throws to first. Cubs sweep the series. The Cubs win both games here on the south side. They have won five in a row. They have moved to within one game of the 500 mark. And they have won seven of their last eight as they beat the White Sox by a score of 10 to 7 here at Guaranteed Rate Field. The Cubs celebrating and they're a little bit exhausted, but at the same time, exhilarated. That is the Hall of Famer Pat Hughes. Right here on 670 The Score with the final call from the 26th of July. Cubs win 10-7 over the White Sox. Took two uh, on the south side after taking three at home from the Cardinals. Those three games against the Cardinals, that was the weekend that Pat Hughes went into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Obviously a massive highlight of the Cubs season, mostly because I did play-by-play on the radio that weekend. You know, I mean, it was nice for Pat. I think it was good that Pat had, you know, a weekend in the sun and the entire organization basically was there not paying attention to the radio call. Um, but I didn't take it as disrespect. I did not. Um, I'm being sarcastic here. I still I, think about your Miles Masturboni call every now and then. I don't even remember what it was. Oh, yeah. Now I do. Yeah, don't play it. Don't do it. But the three games that Elise Menneker and I did were the first three of their eight-game win streak that, that changed the season. I told you, you saved the season, you and Elise. I think so. I think not enough has been made of that. So because we saved the season, Cub fans got to endure the heartbreak of September. You're welcome, I think. I don't know. You wanted this. Yeah, you wanted this is exactly right. You're listening to Hit and Run on 670 The Score and on the Marquee Sports Network. Uh, By the way, this year, MLB announced that attendance was over 70 million total. 70 million people. That's up almost 10% from last year, up 9.6%. It is the biggest year-to-year increase in overall attendance in Major League Baseball in the last 30 years. Folks, the new deal worked. The pitch clock, I mean, we, we stopped talking about it a month in. It went away, just like Theo had predicted that it would. The pitch clock, the stolen bases, everything. I mean, goodness. Um, and it, w- it was a tremendous, tremendous season. Now we get a postseason that begins tomorrow 
with four wild card games. The first one at 2 in the afternoon. And the last one will come at 7 in the evening. So four games dominating your Sports Tuesday. Cannot wait. And uh, for the first time in 30 years, the playoffs do not include either the Red Sox, the Yankees, or the Cardinals. One of those three teams has been in every MLB postseason of the last 30 years. So it's, uh, it's a whole new world. And... It all kind of begins tomorrow. All right, taking your phone calls here in this first segment. On 670, the score, 312-644-6767 is the number. We go first to Bob in Arlington Heights on Hit and Run and Marquee. What's happening, Bob? Good evening, Matt. As always, one of your loyal listeners. And as I told Sean, you know, I've made peace with the closing of the season, and I don't view it as much – a collapse as I do a statistical regression towards the mean. Mm. Because I think if you look at this in the cold light of objectivity with the horses that they came into the season with, this was a 500 team and they played well below that. Then they got right to, you know, equilibrium and then they played above it and then they moved back toward it. But I am very optimistic about next year and being of a certain age. You know, I've lived through 69 and 84 and 89 and 03. Yeah. And I even lived through Joe Madden trying to lose it in game seven. (laughs) He did everything he could to crash the plane, but we landed. (laughs) But, you know, it gives me something to call you and Danny about. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Bob. Thanks so much for the call. Keep going, man. Enjoy the year. I'm glad you enjoyed the year that was. And that's the thing. It's like it's something to have with you all year long. And then when it turns bad, it turns bad. I don't know if uh, in fact, I don't agree with regression to what they were statistically. This team overall, 15th in home runs. That's better than you thought. Second half was a lot better than that, by the way, in terms of home runs. But let's just look at the full season now that we can. On-base percentage in all of MLB, sixth. Sixth, the best on-base percentage. That's serious stuff offensively. Eighth best in terms of OPS. In terms of team ERA, 14th. That ought to be good enough in terms of team ERA. It's interesting because you look at strikeouts, And they're down there in strikeouts, 19th. You look at walks plus hits per innings pitch. So keeping runners off the base, 15th there. Yes, they could use some more swing and miss stuff, specifically in that bullpen. But offensively, is that an overachievement? Those numbers are real good. I think this was a pretty pretty decent offense. It needs to get better, and they'll have to find some ways to get better. But it goes back also to the run differential. And I know that we cried and talked about run differential all year long. But the Padres with a plus 104 run differential not making the playoffs. The Cubs with a plus 96 run differential not making the playoffs. The Seattle Mariners with a plus 99 run differential not making the playoffs. Those are the three best non-playoff teams. And... 
should the Cubs have squeezed in above the Marlins? Pitching depth is the difference there. Think about it. Miami, with no Sandy Alcantara, with Yuri Perez hitting a wall down the stretch, they found a way with pitching depth. Jesus Lazardo, really good. A.J. Puck turns into a closer. Some good stuff. A.J. Puck, a closer. Jesus Lazardo is going to start game one for the Marlins in the playoffs. So, yeah, they've some very good organizations. But I, I, I think this team not making the playoffs, obviously a massive disappointment. And I don't know that they regressed to where they ought to be. This is Stan in Bellwood on 670 The Score. Stan, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling on one final hit and run for the season. Absolutely, Steve. My pleasure. Uh, good to hear you. And I have to say that uh, this uh, final hit and run, this nighttime hit and run, <laughs> couldn't have come at a better time because here we are uh, in the first week of October and I already have Bears fatigue. <laughs> so I need I needed this baseball conversation bad. Yeah, hey, I'm Steve. I'm in a completely different place uh, from your last caller. Did I hear him right? He said that he didn't view uh, the Cubs' uh, September, the the last few weeks of the season, as a collapse? Uh, It's possible that he said that. Yeah, I think overall he's got kind of the calm of – enjoying the season and looking forward to next year as his uh, as his mindset this 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 was a collapse stan it, it, oh it, absolutely yeah. there's no question about it uh listen uh i guess you have to uh, take my thoughts uh with a grain of salt uh, i i am a Sox fan but i did mention to you um uh back uh in late august that uh, I'm not a I'm a Sox fan, but I'm not a Cubs hater. And uh, the Sox season was such a crap fest that uh, I was actually hoping that the Cubs got into the playoffs. That's that's one of the good things about uh, being a two team town. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, I found the Cubs to be a fun and enjoyable team to watch, um, but I have to say things align nicely for the Cubs. A golden opportunity dropped right into their lap. Uh, the Cardinals, the Mets, and the Padres all flopped. Uh, that's when the uh, Cubs started to overachieve, and uh, they met the moment, raised expectations. Uh, uh, Jed Hoyer kept the team uh, intact and didn't sell at the break, mm-hmm. and uh, things were looking pretty good for them. And then when it mattered most, they folded like a suitcase. They choked like dogs. Uh, Bellinger evaporated from the MVP race. Justin Steele, your pick to win the Cy Young, did the same in the Cy Young race. Uh, You you say that the Marlins found a way. Well, the way they found was the Cubs collapse. The Cubs are a better team than the Marlins and should have gotten in. Uh, you cannot melt down like that the last three weeks of the season and consider it a success. Oh, thank you so much for the call, Stan. Ladies and gentlemen, Stan from Bellwood. Yeah, no, dude, it, I, I hear you. There's a lot of bad in this month, and – it it brings some powerful, powerful emotions and thought processes. That's for damn sure. Yeah, it it it's both. Stan, it's both. It's a collapse, but it's also a really fun season. I mean, 
I, that, that's the way that, that I'm able to contextualize it. It's a net positive, but, man, you have missed a chance and missed an opportunity to give yourself some postseason experience, and that is going to leave a mark. Let's go to Philly G and McHenry on 670 The Score. What do you say, Philly? How are you? Hey, hey, how you doing there, Spigs? Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for the time and uh, listening to your show. You're, you're terrific. Uh, um, yeah, I love hit and run. I'm going to miss it, uh, you know, here in the off season. But thanks, Phil. Uh, I'm a big Cup fan, big Cup fan, and um, I will tell you, there's a number of things that I'm con- well not concerned with. I'm con- concerned with with the road with well with the with the position excuse me the position players and pitching and such. But you guys can you know the Cubs the Cubs were playing well. And then they ran into the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they ran into some really tough pitching. It was a combination of one-run games. If you remember that Red Series where they oh. they lost a couple tough games, one-run games uh, uh, where they were leading into the into the night, they blew them. Um, and then of course, you know, you know, they, they they still were in this thing because in their division, you know, the Reds were a great team and they were still going along. And then again, Arizona, the Arizona Series is kind of what. Brought them in. That's what really kind of caused the team to to kind of sink because they they won they lost they won nine what nine in a row they lost mm-hmm. on the road and they just couldn't bounce back. But before I get to what, what I wanted to ask you and what I called about is I wanted to ask about you know Gomes is I believe has a club option um, and I'm wondering if they're going to bring him back because he was big uh, in the clutch and I have a big question about Shaw, uh, about you know the, the it's not Shaw but Snell. Um, Blake Snell, uh, that, the guy that's a, he's a free, a free agent out with the yeah. Padres. Yeah, he's the best free agent starting pitcher. Is Blake Snell? Aaron Nola is another one. There are some big, big name starting pitchers uh, out there, and it'll be very interesting to see what kind of deals those guys get and whether the Cubs are in that conversation or not. Jan Gomes, uh, his contract has indeed a club option for 2024. At $6 million, um, I'd pick that up in a heartbeat. It, ab- absolutely in a heartbeat. Jan Gomes has always been thought of as a good hitting catcher and kind of had a resurgence back to that now. And this should not be a, a, a huge shocker. But, yeah, I think a, a, a very steadying influence, um, solid guy, solid teammate, um, beloved. That's a no-brainer to pick up that option. The, the real interesting thing here is going to be what happens with Marcus Stroman. Is, is what that conversation is going to be like. In fact, um, as we audible briefly, we can go to Tom Ricketts being asked about that the other day, um, being asked about Marcus Stroman, and it's that you see that cut there on the cut sheet there uh, from Sean Sears. This comes with the question on, on what's going to happen because there's a Kyle Hendricks uh, option that is the teams to pick up at, I think it's $16 million. And then there's the Marcus Stroman option, which is his to pick up if he wants at $21 million. Here's Tom Ricketts asked about it. Stroman, obviously, not, not in your hands, but have you, have you had conversations with him about potential? No, I, I haven't. Ta- I said hi to him this morning in the clubhouse, but I haven't talked to him. And, and that wouldn't be for me to talk to him anyway. That would be something that he and Jed and, uh, and maybe the agent would talk about. So, I mean, that's it. It's just a simple little thing. But here's the thing. They're going to talk about it. What's that conversation going to be like? I'd like to be there. Because I, I've said this before. I, I don't think, I think that they would much rather pay $25 million to somebody like Blake Snell than they would to Marcus Stroman. 
I think that they would probably rather pay $21, $25 million to Aaron Nola more than they would Marcus Stroman. Stroman's a very good pitcher when healthy and effective, but he does not have swing and miss stuff. He does not really miss a ton of bats. And Snell does. Uh, misses a lot more. Now, Snell walks more people, and that's uh, that can be problematic, but you've got a great defense behind him that could help him the way it helps Stroman. I, I, my, my point is, I think if I had to guess, I think they were assuming that Stroman was not going to pick up his option and was going to enter a free agency and go get paid. And now, if he wants to pick up the option, I'd I would like to be there for that conversation because I could very easily hear it say, Marcus, I don't know, what do you think? And then there'd be all sorts of angles and thought process on that. And maybe a club is allowed to, you know, figure out a way to maybe hedge some of that money and and and, and do that kind of thing. So that'd be a fascinating thing to watch because what you don't want to happen is have Stroman opt in and that cost you Kyle Hendricks. Like you can't pick up that 16 because Stroman picked up his 21. So long off season, it'll be very, very interesting to see what happens there along the way. Let's go to Ryan in Buffalo Grove on 670 The Score. Bruce Levine will join us in about 15 minutes. What's up, Ryan? Why, hello, Speaks. I'm, uh, I just find myself, you know, earlier someone said staring into the abyss yeah. of the Chicago Bears season. Uh, that was, I believe, Stan, our resident White Sox fan who calls him every week. What I'm worried about and what I'm looking at is, this Cubs roster, um, maybe I'm overthinking it, but this is a mess. Uh, how many positions do they need to fill this offseason to just maintain what they are, let alone improve? Uh, I mean, you've got center field, third base, first base. Catcher is going to be a hole. No. There's no way Jan Gomes repeats what he did. I, I, but but it'll, be, it'll be Gomes and Amaya. I, I don't think they're going to go out and get another veteran catcher. So it'll be Gomes and Amaya at, uh, at catcher. Um, center field, if it's not Bellinger, it's going to be uh, maybe PCA, maybe Talkman at the beginning of the year. Canario, possibly. Or maybe Alexander Canario, who can play there uh, a little bit. But we'll see what happens, obviously, in free agency and if they make a trade. Third base is a big, old, gaping hole. And first base is, is, is a conversation, depending on what happens again with Bellinger and, you know, whether Matt Mervis gets another shot, that kind of thing. So corner infield, big time, Ryan, but continue. Uh, I'm looking at the pitching staff, yeah. uh, which, is a, which is a mess, to say the least. Uh, you, you already talked about Marcus Stroman. Um, not much I can, I can add to the starting staff. The relief pitching, we all know, has been a problem. I look at the Bellinger thing. You talked about it a bit already with the possible regression that is coming with him or mm-hmm. already came mm-hmm. in September. So I look at that signing as, yeah, if you sign him, you have your first base or center fielder, but could it be a disaster for five, six, seven years? Yeah. I, 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 I don't think it would be a disaster necessarily, but it's, it's, it, it's not as exciting as it was to me a month or even six weeks ago. I think they're going to have to get creative and go make a trade for a star. That is, that is where I am. And because in terms of the big free agents that are out there, Matt Chapman is very interesting, but Matt Chapman is not quite uh, a massive star. It's a really good defensive third baseman. 
as well as a guy who has plenty of pop. And you'll watch him with the Toronto Blue Jays in these playoffs. So Matt Chapman is an option. But I'm talking aim higher. I can't stop thinking about Pete Alonzo. Got to be honest with you. Can't stop thinking about Pete Alonzo. David Stearns, the new boss of baseball operations in New York with the Mets, is going to have some very interesting choices to make. And they have infinite money with Steve Cohen, but who knows how they're going to utilize it. And the bottom line is signing a first power hitting first baseman with uh, eventual defensive decay written all over his body and profile is not something I'd expect an economic mind like David Stearns to be interested in. But trading him to the Cubs with one year left to go and the Cubs maybe working out a deal on a short-term extension or just having him for the one year and giving up some of the prospects that you decide you don't want and then locking in 45 to 55 home runs at first base, let's go. So I can't stop thinking about trading for Pete Alonzo. Trading for Juan Soto also interests me a lot. San Diego is a mess. I think it's only one year left on Juan Soto's deal. And they've got Machado. They've got Tatis. Hassan Kim stepped up a little bit this year. They obviously just invested in Xander Bogarts. Are they going to want to pay Juan Soto on top of everything else? I don't know where Juan Soto plays here. Does he play left and you teach Ian Happ to play first? Does he play right and you teach Saya to play first? Are you giving up Morell in the trade so one of those guys is just a DH? Maybe Soto's a DH? You find a way for that bat. That is a bat that does not slump because of the walks. That OPS does not go away because of the walks. And imagine the fear that you're putting into the heart of opposition with either Juan Soto or Pete Alonso added to this roster. It's funny you said Hap and Suzuki, both guys at a halftime in the infield previously before the outfield. So that could make sense. Right? It's, I mean, it's possible. Um, but you like it? You like trading for Soto or Alonzo? I like Soto more than Alonzo, but both really? are fun. I, I Alonzo would be a ton of fun. I know there was interest. The guy I, I want to say, but I know you don't want him to go, would be Rafael Devers. Devers would be the guy. Well, Devers is an absolute beast, but just is pretty much at the beginning of his long-term deal uh, out there in Boston, and I, th- there, I can't imagine them parting. It'd have to with be like Devers. a Colorado Rocky situation with Arenado, but yeah. probably not. Another guy, Jose Ramirez, would be uh, interesting guy to check in. On. Oh my God, yeah, um, beloved in Cleveland and very connected to the community, and now especially, well, I mean, post Francona, post Terry Francona, I guess it's, I guess it's conceivable. Um, let's go to Stephen Palatine on 670 The Score. Hello, Steve. How are you? Fine. How are you, Matt? Wonderful. That's great. Uh, boy, I, I came with another, another thought, but you had, you touched on my, my other thought, which was the Cubs need two or three superstars. And that's what you, you need somebody that the opponents fear Coming into the on-deck circle, and Bellinger did that this year for a little bit. Yeah, but uh, you need you need two or three. Mm-hmm. My my original point was I think David Ross is culpable for the pitching decisions he made because he didn't leave the starters in long enough early in the season when they were going really well. Stroman, Smiley, and Steele all got pulled at six innings, 
and I think that that really hurt the um, the bullpen because now the bullpen, which wasn't good in the beginning, got kind of good and then got tired at the end. I think it was because they overworked the bullpen and didn't use his starters effectively. That's interesting. I it, it's a trend all around baseball that drives me nuts. Um, it, it, the specialization in in the bullpen, which is actually better with the three batter rule, but still needing three bullpen arms usually every night because starters do not get pushed beyond six. Um, but there's a lot of factors that they think about trying to protect the health of steel. Um, but when you've got a veteran who can go longer, I want to push them. I do. And to their credit, they really pushed Justin Steele in the second half of the year, especially there were times where I got flat out a little scared. It can always be a little sketchy, but I'm looking right now at innings pitched by starting pitchers around baseball Cubs 13th among all teams with starting pitcher innings. You know, what's fascinating here are the teams uh, that lead in starting pitcher innings pitched in all of baseball, Seattle, great team, almost playoffs, Houston, Playoff team, Philly, Minnesota, Toronto, Baltimore, Milwaukee, Texas, all playoff teams. Seven of the top eight are playoff teams. Your, your starters go deep. You get a lot of starter innings. You often end up looking like a playoff team. So it, if you can push it as an organization, I would lean towards pushing it a little bit. Thank you, callers. We should have some time for you as we round out the show. But next, our guy, Bruce Levine. Bruce Levine, in fact, is how he pronounces it on Hit and Run. Now back to Matt Spiegel with Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score and on the Marquee Sports Network. Yeah, I think uh, for me, um, I really try to enjoy uh, these last few weeks. Uh, Obviously, there's no prediction of the future um, in, in anything, so... I really just enjoyed my time with this group of guys, um, with this coaching staff. Um, you know, playing for the Cubs organization in Wrigley Field was uh, was really special. And uh, you know, these last two weeks, I really just tried to embrace it, have fun with, the, with these group of guys, and obviously try and help this team win. That the voice of Cody Bellinger. What a tremendous year! He'll be a down ballot. MVP vote getter in the National League. It is me, Matt Spiegel, here with you on Hit and Run on 670 The Score and on the Marquee Sports Network. Let me welcome in my colleague uh, here on The Score and over at Marquee. He is our baseball insider. He's the best. He's Bruce Levine, who joins us right now on The Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Bruce, how are you, sir? Good, Matt. Uh, you know, you're, you know, you played that soundbite of Bellinger talking to me and uh, some of the other media colleagues that I had uh, in Milwaukee. And, uh, you know, you, you hear everything in his voice is past tense. And that that was resonating right away as he was talking about taking it all in, was, you know, everything was about the fact that there's a likelihood he won't be back on the north side of Chicago. And, and then it, by his own volition, or you think the Cubs probably just won't get to the stratosphere that he's going to get as a free agent? You know, getting to know Cody this year, I think the mindset has to be I have to detach myself from being a Dodger or a Cub. I'm going into free agency. There's going to be multiple teams that are going to be interested in me. My wife and I have to have an open mind because, 
we will be uh, wined and dined and told uh, that you're we're going to be the difference makers. So this is this is how I look at how he's trying to prepare himself for the next step, which was being a career Dodger and then a Cub for one year and then now going out on that marketplace. And once uh, Shohei Otani is signed somewhere, I believe Scott Boros, being the uh, wily veteran, great you know, great at his job type agent will hold uh, Bellinger off until probably late January or early February Hmm. to get the optimum amount for him. Bruce Levine here with us. Uh, Bruce, I remember last year going into the off season, a lot of people saying um, Cubs need a superstar. And I think they still are in that spot. Do you, do you you think there's, what do you think might be like a big, thing a big fish that they could possibly hook this offseason either by trade or free agent or or somehow so you know the people i i talked to i talked to a lot of scouts as you know uh matt you know you and i did a show together you know we did our inside the clubhouse for a long time before david joined me and and the the, the situation is the, the the mumbling out there is that the cubs are going to do everything they can to trade for pete alonzo from the mets uh, Alonzo in the last year of a contract, obviously 46 home runs, 100 RBI, you know, a guy that pounds the ball, sure he strikes out, but, you know, who doesn't these days? And uh, he's one year away from being a free agent, much like Bellinger was. And the only difference, Matt, is that you're going to have to trade something really good for him, even though there's only one year left. And that the Mets and him uh, have not come to a meeting of the minds about a long-term deal. So Alonzo is that middle-of-the-order type hitter to go along with Bellinger. You're really, you know, we're stretching it in this conversation on October 2nd, Hmm. thinking that they're going to get both of them. But that would be their plan going into the offseason. A slugger like Alonzo, uh, a great piece like Bellinger. I I don't think their plan is to go backwards. No, it makes sense. Um, they they do need that level of pop to be added back in. It'll be it'll be fascinating to see. What do you think the conversation is like between Jed Hoyer and Marcus Stroman and his agent about the twenty one million dollar option that Stroman, of course, could exercise? I wonder what that conversation is going to be like, Bruce. I, I don't know if there there needs to be one because it's all Marcus Stroman's um, deal. Does he want to? roll the dice after not pitching well from the middle of July on and being, you know, somewhat injured. Um, and, and, and then uh, from the point before that, Matt, where he was an all-star and the conversation was he's definitely opting out of his contract to maximize making uh, another $75 million by being a free agent again and maybe getting another three- or four-year deal. That's off the table right now. I don't think there's anybody out there that will give Marcus Stroman more than a year in an option. Hmm. Uh, is he best off staying with the Cubs, rebuilding uh, the, the the thought process of him being a top-of-the-rotation pitcher again, somebody reliable, or do, you, uh, or, or do you opt out and roll the dice and say, well – you know, maybe someone will give me thirty million for two years, or forty million for two with an option. Uh, it, it's a tough call. I don't know what the Cubs will do. I, I will tell you that the thought process is at this point in time, 
the Cubs are not interested in extending Marcus Stroman. Bruce, I was listening to Inside the Clubhouse, and you and David Haw are there 52 weeks a year, Saturday mornings, 9 to 11. Um, and tell people, if they missed it, who scouts have compared Cade Horton to? Because that is some juicy, juicy, fun stuff to think about. Well, there's a lot of people think that he's the next uh, great power pitcher in baseball. And they, you know, there there's people that, you know, talk talk about well is this a, a young Scherzer is this a uh, is this a uh, young Verlander uh, that that is some of the things that have been talked about that uh, this guy can be just by watching him uh, be that next great pitcher and I know when Cub fans hear that they go you know well we haven't really had those guys very often and we, we when we did the Kerry Woods and the Mark Priors uh, they never really stayed around very long to what they were supposed to be. I mean, Wood had a great career as a Cub, but never the career that he imagined or the people imagined. Pryor had those couple of great years before he blew out. So this could be that next guy. And, and uh, again, it's not Cub people that tell me this or people within their organization or scouts. It's, it's outsiders that have no ties to the Cubs at all. So I, th- I think something special can happen. And Hopefully Horton's uh, very close to making it to the major leagues. Bruce, what are your thoughts on uh, the new White Sox hires in the front office from Chris Getz? Three hires, including Josh Barfield, Brian Bannister, um, some some new blood and new brains in there. Well, I'm impressed. Uh, first of all, I, I used to know Bannister when he was running around a clubhouse back in the 80s, and he was a, a little kid. Huh. And uh, and as a pitcher, when he pitched in the major leagues, terrific guy, bright, great, great mind. Obviously, on top of both uh, metrics as well as scouting, and something a, a fresh breath of air for the Chicago White Sox to take another step forward in pitching lab and in metrics. Okay, you know, you know me, Matt. I'm an old world guy and scouting guy, but I'm I'm a huge metrics guy when it comes to being able to improve, being able to go into labs and uh, increasing spin rate and, and understanding you know, the biochemical part of a player and how important that is. So from that perspective, this is a huge step forward there. Josh Barfield's a tremendously bright guy that has has had a lot to do with some of the young players coming through in the Arizona organization. And Gene Watson is your typical old-world scouting guy who also pays attention to metrics and has probably the best connections among scouts and baseball people that I know in the game. I've known Gene for 20 years, and he's a, a terrific guy. I think he's going to re- help revamp the uh, professional scouting for the Chicago White Sox. So I- I'm really enthused about all these hires. I'm very enthused about Chris Getz. As long as he gets enough money to uh, be able to um, help the team as you go along in rebuilding it, because it it, Matt, it, it's a total rebuild right now hmm. around the around the really good position players they have that haven't fit in together as teammates. Uh, it, it's a rebuild, and it's going to take a few years. I just think that they hired a lot of bright young people and uh, people in the game. I, I really believe in Chris Getz. So I, all I would say is if you're White Sox fans, give Chris an opportunity to show you what he can do. As long as Jerry has – some of that checkbook still open for him to augment the big league team uh, going forward. I, I think there is 
there's a good chance he'll be successful. Bruce Levine, thank you so much, sir. Talk to you soon. Appreciate you. All right, Matt. Take care, buddy. All right, you got it. That's Bruce Levine. The White Sox finished as the sixth worst team in franchise history, 61 and a 101 with the losses. And the negative 200 run differential is the fifth worst in team history, worst since 1948. It is Matt Spiegler with you. One more segment to go on Hit and Run. Let's talk playoffs a little bit, shall we? We'll do it next here on The Score and Marquee. Now back to Matt Spiegel with Hit and Run on Chicago Sports. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Radio 670 The Score and on the Marquee Sports Network. Just get to the playoffs? We are indeed finally to the playoffs. Goodness. Uh, what a great year it, it was in baseball. What incredible fun to watch. And unfortunately, the Cubs uh, fizzle in September. And I want to get to that in a moment with one of the players being very thoughtful about what this year has been. But we can look at this postseason picture. I, I'm psyched for these playoffs. Um, and I will get there as the games fill my television and my phone and my devices and my mind tomorrow and the next day, we'll get to that level of, uh, of passion and excitement. You know what's happening on Thursday? I'm going to invite some friends over. We're going to have some nonpartisan postseason viewing on Thursday night. Oh, I just realized that's the Bears game. Damn it. The Bears, the Bears have to get in the way of my wild card game three on Thursday night. How dare they? I don't want them in my life against baseball playoffs. I don't. Gosh. Football. Football. It's okay. It's all right. Maybe they'll entertain me for another three quarters. But anyway, wild card round should be fun. Arizona against Milwaukee and the Marlins against the Phillies. That is your first round matchups in the National League and in the American League, Minnesota against Toronto and then Texas and Tampa Bay. Let's go. That's the series that fascinates me. It's pretty amazing that the Rangers did not win that division after being as good as they were. The Astros charged all the way back and got that division and kept it as their own and poor Seattle being so good. And falling out. If I had to pick a World Series matchup right now, and Lord knows I really don't, but if I did, 
I think it's Orioles Braves. I'd love to see it too. It'd be so fun. But I don't know if the Orioles have enough horses. Maybe it's Astros Braves. It's definitely Braves. I can't imagine the Braves getting beaten, and the Braves will win the World Series. Braves Rangers? I'm clearly I'm flummoxed in the American League. Sean Sears, you have a feel on who's going to win these playoffs and represent each league in the World Series, sir? Yeah, I don't know. I I really want to see like an Orioles, maybe Braves kind of series. That'd be fun. But mm. the team I'm going to be watching for sure is the Orioles. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. The Orioles, it, it's amazing because they didn't really add at the deadline too much. They added Jack Flaherty and gave themselves some pitching help in the rotation, but he got eventually demoted to the bullpen. But it's all the kids. All the kids mm-hmm. showed up together and showed up strong at just the right time. And then John Means showing up again, a nice lefty, too. He'll probably be their game one starter. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty great return story and reclamation story for John Means. So it'll be fun to watch along the way. A few nuggets that I wanted to get to here. Um, number one. Rest in peace to Tim Wakefield. Just absolutely heartbreaking. A wonderful guy by all accounts at the age of 57 due to brain cancer. Um, And there was a pretty cool moment in MLB yesterday in his honor. George Kirby, the great young pitcher of the Seattle Mariners, threw some knucklers just because he wanted to. Seattle out of the playoffs, threw some knucklers. One at 73 miles an hour and admitted after the game that he did an honor of Wakefield, who he loved to watch as a kid. That was really, really cool. Um, Farewell to Miguel Cabrera. Two fun facts about Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera, now that he's gone, MLB is void of players who played against the Montreal Expos. Wow, I didn't realize he was the last one. He was the last MLB player to play against the Montreal Expos, who are now, of course, the Washington Nationals. And one more, Miguel Cabrera was the last MLB player to play in a game that included Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson, the greatest leadoff hitter of all time, played in a game with Miguel Cabrera. Now Miguel is gone. There is no active link to either the Expos or Ricky Henderson. Just thought that was kind of cool. That is really cool. And now, Joey Votto, who is just an absolute delight of a human. Uh, Joey Votto with a $20 million option next year for the Reds. This could be the end for Joey Votto. I mean, maybe he could go somewhere else. But a lifelong Red, obviously. I thought this was cool. That on Saturday... After the Reds lost to the Cardinals by the score of 15-6 to and were officially eliminated from the playoffs, Joey Votto addressed his teammates. And Spencer Steer, the fine young infielder that they got from Minnesota um, before the season, the Sonny Gray trade, says that Joey Votto pointed to all the young kids on the Cincinnati Reds and said, quote, because of you, We can change this franchise right here. We can change what this logo means. We can really change what people think about Cincinnati baseball. And went on from there, gave a nice speech to the young players there in Cincinnati. And Spencer Steer said, I thought that was pretty powerful. thought it was awesome that he spoke before us and said that. I'm honestly getting chills just talking about it. Gave those quotes to Trent Rosencrantz in uh, in The Athletic. 
really, really amazing career for Joey Votto. And if it is the end in Cincinnati, what an end it's been. I want to let Nico Horner wrap up our thoughts on the Cubs because I think it's ultimately true what Nico says. And while I can zoom out and see it from a broader perspective, he is a player. And I think this is how you want your players to feel. Went on with us, Parkins and Spiegel, a couple of weeks ago. Danny Parkins asked Nico if the season would be considered a failure if they did not make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you're so right in how much, like, four or five days can feel so distant ago. Um, and, yeah, obviously not the results we wanted, but, like, that's the that's the danger of, like, predicting in baseball. Like, any, any like, forward prediction too much just isn't worth much. And uh, we've played the Pirates really well all season, and um, but they've beaten a lot of good teams this year and have a you know, pretty respectable record, I feel like. And, um, you know, we, we just didn't play our cleanest brand of baseball, which is uncharacteristic of us. Um, but as far as the attitude, yeah, I mean, definitely you feel that. You feel that when you have an expectation to win internally and you don't do it. And um, obviously the days in the season are a bit numbered. So, um, but I think we responded pretty well in the Colorado series, both results-wise and just like how we carried ourselves. I thought it was pretty solid all around and um, just more of that. So that was Nico Horner talking there after the homestand that ended with uh... – Colorado, the um, cut I was referencing, the thought process I was referencing was when we were at Gallagher Way and Nico was asked if the season is ultimately considered a failure if you don't make the playoffs. And he paused and he hemmed and he hawed and he thought about it. And he eventually said, yeah, yeah, it is considered a failure because the goal is to make the playoffs. That is the goal and that is the exercise. And Tom Rickett said as much. David Ross said as much. So it ultimately is thought of as a missed opportunity. But I can zoom out, and maybe you can too, and see it for what it was, an undeniable step forward as an organization and an opportunity to grow and learn from there. So we'll see what happens this offseason. Looking forward to it and seeing how the Cubs build on what happened. What a pleasure to get two more hours with you for Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for watching on Marquee. If you did that, Matt Spiegel here with you. Thanks to Leo Stoddaher for helping out on the phones on this show. Thank you to Sean Sears for being the fine producer of this program all year long. Thank you to Bruce Levine for being on the show. Thank you to Jim Deshays for being on the show. Ah, Rogers Hornsby comes to mind. When asked what he does in the offseason, the great Rogers Hornsby said... He looks out the window and waits until spring. It's a little bleak. We don't have to wait. It'll come eventually. Hope springs eternal. Thanks, everybody. Have a great offseason. And uh, stay in touch with me, Matt Spiegel. Thanks for listening and for watching Hit and Run all season long on The Score and on the Marquee Sports Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.